Welcome to Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, it's great to see you back. Last show for the year, I believe. Last show. It feels like I've hardly been here, but let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. Christmas is just around the corner. Yeah. And if anyone's got any questions they need to ask to tide them over through the festive season, we're here to answer them. Exactly right. And what else you've got for us today, Scott? Well, I thought we might talk about uh, Christmas tree care. If you've got a live one in the house, yeah. uh, some gifts. For Christmas, planty oh, gifts. Right. Yeah, we can go down that path as well. Excellent. Some garden path. <laughs> some good suggestions and looking forward to how are we looking after our Christmas tree as well. Yeah, we'll do that. Fruit, 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 ah, fruit fly control today as well. And we've got Paul from Millfield and he's got a question about cucumbers. Good afternoon, Paul. How can we help you? Good right, mate. How you going? Yeah, pretty well. Uh, Ridge cucumbers. Um, when do I, when, how big do they have to be before I pick them? Sorry, what, what sort of cucumbers did you say you've got? I think they're called ridge. They're a fat one and they've got prickles on them. Ah, oh, yeah, I know the ones. I know the ones. Uh, yeah. So how big are they at the moment, mate? About 20 centimetres. I've got about a dozen of them at the moment and they're, they're coming out everywhere. I've got hundreds of them. Okay, okay. And if they started, they're still that nice green colour. They haven't... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mate, yeah. Haven't started to turn yellow or anything yet? No, mate, they're beautiful. They're getting on water and, you know... Feeding them once a week, you know, power feed and, mate, and there's yellow flowers and the bees and they're still everywhere and I had to cut them back because they were about eight foot high. Right, but, okay. You look. You know what I'd do, Paul? I'd actually pick one, like a sacrificial one, and just see how they're going. Yeah. Yeah, cut it, just see if, it, if it's, you know, ready to be picked, you know, if it's ripe yet, uh, you know, if it's nice and soft. Um, because if they're still a bit hard, that's probably the, the best way to do it when you've got so many there, just yeah. to check out. And you're saying they're about 20 centimetres, so they must be getting pretty close, I'd say. Uh, oh, okay. So I, I think just take a sacrificial one and, uh, yeah, see how you go with it. Yeah, I've never grown them before, and uh, they're very firm at the moment, but uh, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, so look, the the other way to test is that you know they they should be firm. I guess there should be just the start of a little bit of give when you're squeezing them. Um, so it might be yeah, it might be best to go around and and try and see if you can find one like that, and then try you know make make that the sacrificial cucumber. Yeah, I'll take one off because yep. he's about twenty centimeters. Okay, he's fattening up pretty good. Pretty very, good. Very good. So I'll take him off, cut him, and um, taste him. Yep, very good. And look, you had no trouble with any uh, fungal disease with your cucumbers this year? No, mate. Oh, a few of the leaves have got a bit of brown spot, but I just take it off, cut yeah. them off down the bottom there. Yeah. Okay, so okay. You've been, you've been really lucky. Flourished. Yeah, they really flourish, and we've had that much rain out here. Yeah, look, that that's the trouble. Then when it starts to get humid, that's when they do start to get fungal disease. So just keep your eye on that. All right. Okay, I've got no shade over them, really. Only a bit of green uh, stuff over the top. Yeah, no, that, that that's fine. Um, you're where are you at? Near Millfield, so uh, you know yeah. it's less humid out there as well. So uh, you know, I think thirty degree days. We had a real hot one yesterday. No more rain for a while. I hope. Yeah. Okay, look, you might be right with it, but just keep an eye on it. Yeah, um, I didn't have much success with the uh, beefsteak tomatoes. They were only small, and they started getting uh, starting to colour up, and I couldn't believe it. I thought, what's going on here? Yeah, that's a bit unusual, isn't it? I wonder if, you know, we've had the cold days and then we had a couple of warm days or something to just yeah. trick them into doing something. Yeah, I think it is, mate. Some days you get uh, 30 degrees, next day you'll get 15 degrees, you know. Yeah. Now, look, we're not used to it, so the plants must be getting confused as well. Well, the green beans, they're about eight foot high, nine foot, and they're uh, the climbing beans. I'm getting I'm getting a pick of 30 every day. Mate, it sounds like you've got the whole vegetable shop out there. <laughs> it's, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> I got the, uh, I've got the... Um, uh, what do you call those um, lollipop uh, tomatoes, the little ones? Yep, yep, little, uh, yep, cherry, yeah. little, like a little cherry tomato. Mate, you're doing very, very well. 
Oh, yeah, my uh, capsicum's about nearly as big as your hand. <laughs> look, you're just you're just bragging now, mate. I, no. I, I like the way you said at the start. Oh, look, I've yeah, never grown these cucumbers before, but they're I, doing so very well. And then the list goes on and on. <laughs> Come on, I, I, give it up. I've got a couple of uh, this will this will surprise you. Got a couple of corn with four on them. Sorry, you've got you've got some. I've got about thirty corn in, and they got four on them. <laughs> a couple of. I don't know what's going on. It must be the soil, the power feed I'm putting. Yeah, it's in the ground, that purple power feed, mate, in the purple bottle. Oh, very good. Okay, yeah, because look, fast-growing plants like a like a liquid fertilizer as well. So, oh, um, yeah, you've been lovely. doing well by the sounds of things. That one here from Bunnings, the purple one, purple yeah. bottle, you know it. Uh, they really love that. Once a week, the corn's going nuts. Right, uh, well, you, but you're you're a walking advertisement for it at the moment, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I love it, mate. It's going good. Some things I've lost, some things I haven't. <laughs> right, uh, good. The garden patch is six metres by four metres, so... And you got all that in there. You're doing very, yeah. very well, yeah. Yeah, build all that up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds, and you're an expert in origami, plant origami by the sounds of things, where you can <laughs> no, fold it all yeah. into that tiny space. <laughs> yeah, the old man taught me a lot. God bless his soul. Yep. Uh, well, good on you, Paul. Thank you very much for the call. Well, thanks for your advice. Thank you. Okay, see you, mate. Cheers, and have a good Christmas. You too. Okay, cheers. I think he's going to be well fed. We know that for Christmas. Very well fed. Yeah, some nice veggies and salads out there. Yeah, he's probably got like herds of animals as well there, <laughs> as well. So he had a nice, you know, leg of lamb as well for Christmas. It was, it was well. <laughs> uh, we've got Noel now from Toronto, and he's got a question about tomato plants. Afternoon, Noel. How can we help you? Good afternoon, Scott. Good afternoon, Greg. Um, yeah, I've got some tomato plants. It's not the first time this has happened that um, put the plants in, and after about a week. Just above uh, where they come out of the ground, but the, the stalk goes really, really thin, and just looks like there's something sucking all of the goodness out of the out of the stalk. But I dig down and see if there's anything underneath the plant when because it's, it's dead, but there's nothing there. Yeah, look, we had uh, someone call up with exactly the same problem a, a couple of weeks ago. And I, I think it's actually wilt that you've probably got with the tomatoes. It's been raining a lot. Uh, we've you know had some fairly high humidity, uh, and I, I really think it's it's wilt that seems to be the issue at the moment with tomatoes. Um, oh, okay. Look, I also did suggest to, to the caller back then that they pull a couple of plants out and have a look and see if there's nematodes on there. But generally, nematodes manifest themselves as the whole plant just sort of just curls over and it, it looks like it's not getting enough moisture or nutrient, which is exactly what's happening to the poor old thing. But I, I think yours sounds a bit like wilt. Uh, look, the only thing you can do with that is treat uh, you know, with, a fungal, with a fungicide um, because it is a yep. fungal disease. Uh, and, and just see how you go with that. But often, if it, if it's that you know far gone for you, it might be a bit difficult to treat now. Yeah, it's not the first time it's ever happened, but I've just pulled them out and put more in. But should I put some um, mangosteen plus in the hole before I plant them? Well, what what you could do is uh, mix up some in the watering can. It just generally drench the soil to try and keep the fungal spores under control. Um, mm-hmm. And you could do that, but I, I think also the best thing to do is to, if you can, if you've got the space, uh, to uh, you know move those tomatoes and put them in another place and let that area of ground life fallow for a little while. Okay then, thanks very much for the information, Scott. Okay, thanks for the call. And have a nice Christmas. You too, Greg and Scott. Thank Bye. you very much. Cheers. Cheers, thanks, dog. Guarding talk back on two and you RFM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, four nine two one six two one six, and we've got Amber from Lambton. Got a question about the dreaded onion weed. Everyone's nemesis. Yes. Amber, how how can we help you? What's going Uh, on? Look, look, I've just had an explosion of onion weeds that have just crept up, and I have a 30 uh, square 
metre um, uh, garden bed, which is raised about, you know, 30 centimetres. And what I want to do is I want to get some more soil for the frangipani. I've got a frangipani in the middle of it, very healthy. It's about, you know, 12 feet high. So what I did last year, I put weed mats to kill all the grass and I thought the onion weeds and I pulled it back and they're all living underneath the weed mat. So for the last four days, I have been digging them out. Oh, and okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I don't have anything to do. Yeah, no, that, um, that's, that's the bad thing to do, though, digging them out. I wish you'd been able to give us a call before you started doing that. But uh, anyway, it, it's what's done is done, unfortunately. <laughs> so. Oh, can I, can I just spray it with um, Roundup without affecting the frangipani, just the soil now? All I've got is soil. Well, look, spraying just the soil now is not going to do any good. And the, and the reason I sort of winced then and I had this really bad look on my face that Greg, that Greg registered uh, is because when you dig up onion weed bulbs, they're really clever little plants. And you might have the main bulb. They have all these little bulblets, you know, hanging onto the side. And so when you go to do the dig, it actually just sort of, these other ones just sort of fall off and stay in the soil and then they multiply from there. Yeah, I've had that explosion. Yeah. Like they've just exploded everywhere. And that's why I thought, can I just nuke them with slight poison and just put the weed mat back and then just drop soil and put um, wood chips and hopefully the um, French panty lives? Well, Fingers crossed. Look, what I would do... They need to be actually out of the ground, so you need to be able to see the foliage of the onion weed again before you do spray. Yeah. Uh, so definitely wait for that to occur. Yeah. Um, give it the spray then, making sure you're being really careful. It's, it's you know, still, there's no wind around. You're nice and close down to the weeds. Yeah. Uh, then you won't get it on the, the foliage of the frangipani either. Yep. Uh, and then I would most, you know, I would wait and just wait to see that they're yellowing off, see yep. if any more come up and then yep. give them a spray again. Now, look, rather than weed mat, I think you'd be better off using uh, even some newspaper and some sugarcane mulch, which you're going to feed the soil as well by doing that, and it blocks, uh, you know, blocks them down just as well as using weed mat. So, okay. I, I think using that organic method's a little bit better than using the weed mat. Um, sure. But certainly, yeah, use the use the glyphosate, the Roundup. Yeah. Uh, and uh, knock it on the head that way. Don't go digging them out anymore because you are unfortunately just spreading them around uh, even further. Okay, thank you for your help. That's all right. Good luck with it, Amber. You've got to be persistent. Thanks. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we've got Jenny from Fern Bay, and she wants to replace a native on sand. Good afternoon, Jenny. How can we help you? Yes, I had a, a lovely native, and it was growing fantastic, but all of a sudden it just died. Oh, and, that's no yeah. good. That's no good. What sort, no, of na- no. what sort of native was it? Oh, sorry. I've got the name of it sitting near it, but I can't remember. No, that, it was a yellow, a... beautiful yellow flower. Um, now, it seemed as though somebody had some poison around it. See, mm-hmm. I live in a, in a village and easily poison could have got on it. But somebody told me that um, too much water kills a native. Well, it can do that, and fertilising as well with a high phosphorus fertiliser can burn a native out as well. Now, but you're no, at, no. you're at Fern I, Bay, and I reckon you're going to tell me there's a fair bit of sand up around there, aren't you? Oh, yeah, we're on sand, yeah. yeah. So, look, I, I would say to you that you're not going to kill your native by overwatering at Fern Bay. Um, yeah. The water's just going to run straight down through the soil. Uh, it's yeah. beautifully well drained, just like natives, you know, like yeah. most generally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem for you. 
Okay. It, it might be that, you know, someone has sprayed, like you said, uh, yeah. you know, just with some Roundup and there's been some drift and it's got on the yeah. plant, unfortunately, and it's it's made yeah. it sick. Uh, I look, think the, so, yeah. Yeah, the other thing that yeah. can happen is that they natives don't like uh, fertiliser that's high in phosphorus, so you have to be very careful about what you're fertilising them with. Yeah, I, I didn't fertilise it at all because I, when I went to the garden shop, they said, um, dig out the sand and put, um, you know, the native um, soil in, you know, for natives and that. Yes, and I yeah, did very that good, and, yep. You know, so, and it was growing lovely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So look, so, I, I would do if you're going to replant in that spot. Uh, I think you probably can, uh, because yes. most sprays are going to be, you know, drifting with the wind. It's not as if it's yes. in the soil. Uh, yes. But just do the same thing again. Pull that out. Uh, maybe get another bag of native mix and just generally, you know, turn yes. the soil over and try and promote uh, the health yes. of the the soil there by putting in yes. that additional organic matter. Okay. And look, the other thing you can do is get a get a bag of blood and bone as well and mix that down through the soil. Uh, and you can it. also Yes, you can also fertilise over the top as well with some blood and bone because natives okay. love that. It's nice yep. and safe and gentle for them. Okay, righto. Okay, thanks a lot for that. Okay, thank you very much for the call, Jenny, and have okay. a lovely Christmas. Yes, you okay. too. Okay, okay. bye-bye. Okay. Well, we've got Bill now from Gilliston Heights and he's got some information about spraying weeds. Hey, Bill, are you yeah. going to help us out with the onion weed? Yeah, um... I lived overseas. I was in the military for a while. Yes. And there's a guy in North America who lived opposite me. He was a pretty cluey chap. And he taught me this little trick. And what happens is, is you take your whatever weed killer you're going to use. Yes. Tip, tip it into a bowl, okay? Put a pair of plastic gloves on. Yes. And then on your right hand, if you're right-handed, put a cloth glove over the top. Put your hand in the solution and go around and touch anything you want to die. Called hand of, hand of death. <laughs> I, I, now I, I think he's been listening to me because I give that suggestion sometimes. But I give I'm even more cluey than that. I give an additional clue. Yeah. I say if you're going to do that, put on a pair of sunglasses so that you know sometimes you just inadvertently reach up and scratch your eye. <laughs> so I always say put on some sunglasses when you do that as well, so you don't go and scratch your eye. What about a bit the of theme music? A bit of theme music, something from the uh, the Godfather in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but look, that does work, and it's a really good uh, way of getting rid of uh, onion weed if it's in your lawn, for instance, uh, where yep. you don't want to go and spray everywhere because you will get those little patches of dead lawn. Or big patches. Or big patches. Someone <laughs> here in the studio with me will testify to that. Uh, Greg's done a fantastic job on his lawn in the past. So it is a really good, safe way of, of just getting uh, you know, the, the poison onto the, onto the onion weed and not harming any other plants. I right about her, um, her friend Japan, you know, it'd be a shame for that to go. Yeah, I think so. But again, if you're down, you know, you're spraying, you're down nice and close to the ground, there's no wind, uh, you're being really careful, you know, it's not a mist, you're sort of spraying around, you've got a heavier droplet uh, coming out of the end of the spray. You can do that pretty safely. Um, but it's, it's yeah, when if you've got a fine mist and the wind starts blowing, it swirls around, gets on the foliage of the plants and uh, anything it touches, like you said, it, um, it does die. Hmm. Anyway, I just thought I'd add that, put my sixpence in, so to speak. Okay, thank you very much. Take care. Cheers. Good on you, Bill. And we've got Georgie from Neath, and she wants to know how to use stored water on the garden. Good afternoon, Georgie. How can we help you? Uh, I'm catching water in plastic containers, and it goes green. Can I use it on pots? So where, where is the water coming from that you you get it? That's oh, going... from the 
rain. Oh, it's just from the rainwater. Water. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, look, I think that's fine to use on pots. I, I, I don't have any, um, you know, sort of, you know, worries about that. My, my poor old dog drinks green water all the time. She loves it. She loves it. So I think the plants are going to be all right as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't quite sure if it did affect the. In the garden as well. Yes, absolutely in the garden as well. Why, why, why is it going green? Is it just over overnight? I think it's the sun. Yes. When, uh, and I haven't I haven't got anything to cover them all up because they're clear plastic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, look, and, I think uh, you can safely use that. I, I wouldn't be too concerned. The the plants will probably love it. They love rainwater rather than the old tap water. Yeah. <laughs> I never had success with that. I've always that done my plants with water off the, you know, rainwater yeah. and there were never any great, you know, difference. But okay. anyhow, okay. thank you, Beth. That's not a problem. Bye. You have a nice afternoon. Thanks, Georgie. You too. Have a good Christmas. Equally to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we've got Caroline on from Newcastle and she's got another option about seaweed solution. Yeah. Hi, it's... um. Just a little tip for anybody who has onionware problems, uh, which I don't have anymore because. Are you because, there? Be, yes, yeah, because, yeah, because you've yeah, got sorry. the t- you've got the tip. You know the you know the ah, answer, don't you? Yeah. Well, um, basically, I just use common salt, and I just pour it all over the onionweed, and I had quite a bit happening probably twelve months, eighteen months ago, and I just put this common salt all over it, same as I do with weeds sometimes. Yes. And uh, they just just gets down to the root and burns them all out. They just don't grow back. Oh, okay. Look, that that that's a really good idea. Um, look, I guess the only thing I'd be concerned about there is if you had a contained space and you were, you know, over salting, um, it it might start to change. The, you know, the, the soil. But uh, look, if you're just using it in a small amount, and uh, you're saying it's going down and killing the bulb, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Well, it worked, and I haven't had a side of uh, onion weed for a couple of years now. And uh, basically, that's what I do with my. Um, it was on bark under a tree. Ah, right, yes. And the other one was um, basically um, growing on pebbles. Some of the weeds coming through, I just sprinkle them with salt. But I think, um, Caroline, you've, you've sort of hit the nail on the head in that the main thing is to get something down there and kill the bulb uh, because yeah. that that's the bit that, you know, we can, you know, try and pull it out or we can, you know, just cut the top off or, you know, think we, we're getting rid of it. But... Those bulbs remain down in there, ready to come back again. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's the main thing to get, and I think your solution sounds fantastic. Well, it's cheap and nasty, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank okay. you. Thank you very much for that, Carolyn. No worries. Okay. Bye. Bye. Now, Scott, you mentioned at the top that Christmas is just around the corner and looking after Christmas trees. Yes, it sneaked up on us this time, hasn't it? Creeped up very quickly. Yes. I, last time I looked at the calendar, it was like the 15th of August, and now all of a sudden it's Christmas. What happened? What happened to the year? I don't know. The plants, the plants, they've just kept on going, but we've sort of just been compressed. But here we are anyway. Uh, Christmas trees, it is time to, you know, if you want a live one, they are beautiful to have in the house. Uh, you get, you know, different, you know, that, that beautiful sort of piney smell from them. Yep. Uh, you can keep on using them year after year as well. And they are really easy to look after. Now, the mistake people make, though, with your uh, live Christmas tree inside is that they don't water them. Uh, so you do need to water them even though they're inside. Yep. Just make sure you've got a saucer underneath there uh, just to catch any excess water. But you don't really want to water them enough that they're sitting in a source of water. Yep. So you just have to be a little bit careful about that. Now, when you're putting them back outside, that's when you have to be just careful. Just a quick, quick question yes. with watering. So you just water at the bottom? Yes. You don't 
put the come and put the hose on the top of it. No, not not there. You, like, if you've got lights on there, that's not going to be oh, a very oh, yeah, happy story, the- is it? <laughs> <laughs> and the tinsel will get wet as well. No, just look around the soil. Just give it some water there. You know, maybe just a you know, couple of cupfuls, um, yep. just so it moistens the soil again. Doesn't necessarily sit uh, in in uh, you know a tray full of water. When you're putting it back outside, though, uh, don't go and stick the plant straight back out into the full sun because the little thing will be a little cactus. It'll be a big surprise for it. Yeah, it doesn't like the full sun. It's been effectively an indoor plant for two or three weeks. So to stick it back out in the raging sun again, especially you know in January or so, not a good thing for it. If you've got a veranda, for instance, uh, put it on the veranda and just uh, you know give it a really good soaking at that point in time. Yep. And then just graduate it out over the next couple of weeks uh, back out into the full sun. Just ease it back out. Yes, on the veranda, then maybe out under a tree or something where it's getting some more dappled light or towards yeah. the end of the veranda and, yeah. You can give it a hat or something or... Yeah, have some sunscreen. No, you can't put sunscreen on the poor plant, but that, that's effectively what you're trying to do. You're just protecting the plant from the sun so that it can get its, itself used to being back out there again. Excellent. I think I've got time for a couple more calls. Scott, we've got Alan from Waters Bay, and he's got a question about tomato plants. Okay. Alan, how can we help you? Hi, Scott. Um, the tomato plants I've got in a big red, yes. heavily loaded with fruit, but the last couple of weeks, the yellowing of the leaves and the black spot has appeared. So I've just been cutting them off. Yeah, look, and I think you're doing, with the stage your plants are at, you're doing the right thing. It sounds like you've got the wilt in there, uh, you know, some black spots, some type of fungal diseases in the plant. But if you've got fruit on there that's colouring up, you might as well just hang on tight and see if you can just, you know, manage and nurse the plant through until that fruit's ripe and ready to go. Uh, Yeah, well, I'm picking a couple now. Yeah, because usually what I say, if you've got wilt really badly on a plant, a tomato plant, uh, you know, to you know, try and give it a spray and see if that works. But otherwise, you've got to discard it and, and throw it away. Uh, but if you've got the fruit on there, persevere. Uh, see if you can get it, you know, for another two, three, four weeks, just picking off those leaves, keeping that under control and, yeah. uh, and just let that fruit ripen up for you. Okay, thanks, Scott. Okay, good luck with it, Merry Alan. Merry Christmas, mate. And to you too, mate. Merry Christmas. We've got Donna now from Bullwara Heights, and she's got a question about the magnolias. Good afternoon, Donna. How can we help you? Oh, hello. Um, I'm just uh, inquiring. Um, my daughter's had magnolia trees along her back fence. Yes. And um, they haven't been growing real well, and um, we did take them out because she had to get a new fence, and we discovered that probably why they weren't growing real well, because of the... Um, soil was very was clay. Yes, yes. So we've taken them out and we've put them put them in sort of big buckets, and um, we want to put them back in again, but we just want to know what to do. Yeah, look, that that's fine. So you've got magnolia little gem, do you? The the one with the uh, you know the green top of the leaf and the bronze underside and the big white flowers. Is that the one you've got? That's- or? That's the one, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, look, they are a really good screening plant and they will do a great job for you. They're even a little bit wind-resistant, you know, if you get some wind up there at Bolwara. But like you said, uh, unfortunately, it is the uh, clay that's, you know, slowing them down. Uh, So what you need to do is get in there and dig as much as possible and break up that clay. And then you can get some gypsum and add that into the soil, dig it up, some other, you know, better soil as well, um, you know, even some bags of potting mix or some other soil, just to oh, try and, yep. you know, sort of make it a bit, bit more crumbly and, uh, you know, try and help that plant out so its root system can spread. 
Now, look, the other thing that's really fantastic is there's a product, it's actually a liquid gypsum, and you mix that up in the watering can, you water it down through the hole and just generally around the area, and it will also help, um, you know, start to break down that clay soil. Um, so unfortunately, you do, yeah, you do need some elbow grease. You do need to actually get in there and try and break it up yourself, uh, get some better okay. soil into it, and uh, it will just help the plant get going. Oh, excellent! Yeah, she's got she's got about eight of them. They're really nice, but they just they're growing better in the pots than what they ever did in the ground. <laughs> yeah, and look, unfortunately, that that's the one thing uh, you know a lot of plants don't like. Uh, well, most plants really they don't like clay soil. It's very right. compacted. Uh, you know, there's just no way for them to get their you know their roots through it. There's very little nutrient, so you just have to try and break it up as much as possible and use that gypsum or liquid gypsum to try and uh, make it a lot healthier. Also, mulching generally around the plant as well because that'll break down yep. and go down into the soil over time. And you'll get, oh, you'll get worms coming in because of that. So if you start creating this nice little, uh, you know, sort of biodiverse ecosystem where the worms yep. are going through, they're breaking up the clay, and the plants will just be uh, generally healthier. Oh, that sounds really good. Okay, well, thank you very much. You've been a great help. Okay, thank you for the call, Donna. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye. We've got Erwin now from Fullerton Cove, and he's got a question about the lime tree. Good afternoon, Owen. How can we help you? Um, it's it's starting to get all, uh, you know, black all over the leaves. Ah, but, yep. Okay, so I reckon you've got sooty mould on the plant. Have you noticed that there's ants running up and down the stem and all over the tree? No, I haven't noticed any ants, but I haven't really... <laughs> I haven't looked that careful. Okay, that's all right. Look, the, the trouble with uh, sooty mould, uh, you might, you've most probably got scale insect there on there as well. And so what okay. happens, the, the scale just gets blown around by the wind. It lands on your tree. Uh, it starts to form a little waxy shell over the top of itself. And then it exudes like a, a sugary sort of you know resin or whatever you'd like to call it that the ants like to come up and feed on. On their little okay. feet, they bring up the sooty mould spores and it gets all over the plant. And all of a sudden, you've got this sick plant in a, a bit of a cycle where, you know, it can't photosynthesise properly. Uh, you know, the scales sucking the sap out. And so it just goes into this sort of death spiral, I guess, is, is the way to describe it. Uh, so you do need a two-pronged attack to get rid of uh, those things. You need to get rid of the scale first. So you need to use some white oil or pest oil to get rid of the scale. Uh, you mix that up and spray it on. That just forms onto the shell of the scale and sort of chokes it up a little bit. And the little insect in underneath there um, actually dies, and eventually it'll get you know dry off and you can flake it away. Um, so you make you do that spray, and then about two days later you get some copper spray or some mancozeb, and uh, you mix that up and spray it all over the plant as well. And that that'll get rid of that sooty mould for you. And then I'd repeat the whole process again in about two weeks' time. The second one. <laughs> That's all right. It's called. You can get a, a copper spray. Um, it's just like a blue powder, and you mix it up, uh, and it makes a spray. Or there is another fungicide called uh, Mancozeb Plus. Uh, so they're they're both fungicides, and uh, they will get rid of the sooty mold for you. Okay. Okay. Thanks Thank very much for that, Owen. You have Thank a good you. Christmas. Cheers. Thanks. Same to you. Bye bye. We've got time for one more call. Mm. We've got Yolanda from Redhead, and she's got a question about the weeping fig. Good afternoon, Yolanda. You're the, the last person for the whole year. Well, there you go. How lucky was I? <laughs> yeah, how can we help you with a fig? Okay, so I've inherited a uh, whipping fig, which was pretty well pot-bound. Yes. Um, it was outside. I'm not sure if it was on a veranda or not. But anyway, I've repotted it. Um, 
brought it inside, and so we started getting the um, brown, uh, like a dewy type thing, and the leaves falling on off and all that. So I figured that was probably, you know, the movement. Um, then we had uh, spider mite, and I've done that with um, soapy water, and seems to be rid of that now. And we've got all this lovely new growth, but now something's eating that new growth. So it's chopping it off before it sort of gets to be a full leaf size. Yeah, okay. So it sounds like you have got some sort of little insect in there doing it. I mean, generally the plant sounds like it might not be entirely happy at the moment. You've had spider mite. You might have had some scale on there as well. Yeah. Uh, so, look, what I would do with that plant is rather than, um, you know, sort of treat it inside, carry it out to the garage or out to the veranda or somewhere yeah. and um, grab some uh, a product called pest oil. Uh, it's a it's a bit like white oil. It's a little bit better than white oil. Um, yeah. And give it a spray with that pest oil and that should keep any spider mites. Uh, if you wanted to, you could also get some pyrethrum spray to try and get rid of any, you know, you know those chewing insects that you might have. Uh, you could almost mix those both together if you wanted to and, and give it a spray that way. Um, okay. And then once that's you know dried off, you'd carry it back inside uh, and uh, just keep on looking at after it there. Okay, let's hope that works. Yeah, I've look just up. got this beautiful new growth and it's just being munched away now. <laughs> I've got it looking healthier as far as the, the foliage. When we first got it, it was spotted stunted leaves yeah so um, make sure that when you get it outside or you know on the veranda because you don't want it out in the full sun again uh then yeah. you give it a really good water maybe even some liquid fertilizer as well uh and uh just keep on you know when you've got it inside uh mm -hmm. water it about once a week uh, you could even have a little saucer underneath if you wanted to because the fig will soak up a fair bit of water uh and it will handle handle having you know wet feet is what i would call it you know with some water yeah. in the saucer yeah, so I've got it in a self-watering plant uh, pot. So. Good, good. Okay. Yeah. Always make sure with those that you still water down through the top of the plant as well. Yeah, um, been doing that as well and then gave it some nice fish oil. So it should be pretty happy. Great. Okay. But yeah, look, okay. take, take it outside, give it that spray and um, hopefully it'll be a bit happier for you. Beautiful. Thank you okay. very much. Thank you. Okay, have, bye -bye. have a nice Christmas. You too. Cheers. Thanks. Our last call for the year. Yay. Scott Sharp, thank you very much and... Uh, that's it for this year. Have a Merry Christmas. And to you as well. Thank you very much. And we'll catch you back in 2022. Yes, a date to be decided. That, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>